What's up, Jesse? It is some Luther, my friend. Yeah. What's up, Jesse? Jesse got it right the first time. Thanks for joining us today on today's episode of God Live BDB Jam Session, aka Unleashing the Future of Work. Hope everyone's having a positive Monday. It's been uh, quite an interesting Monday for me, actually. Woke up, had a chance to talk to one of my homies, Tony, who is in Oakland right now. Caught up with him on all the cool things that he's working on in the Oakland community. We had some breakfast around my favorite spot in Oakland, Nibs. If you are ever in Oakland and you want to go to Nibs with me, let me know. It's probably one of the best food spots in Oakland. But where are you tuning in from? Where are you in this lovely Monday? I know some of you all are moving. There's been so many people that have moved in 2020 due to COVID and are moving to new homes, new suburbs. Show us some love in the comments and let us know where you're tuning in on. Toot your own horn. Talk about what you're doing, what you love doing, what you're working on right now, what you're building, who you're talking to. If you're in a new relationship, let us know so we can show you some love. Shout out to Shani, who is saying thumbs up. She's feeling the show already. Kevin, he's feeling the show. Perfect vibes for a snow day. That's what's up, Kevin. Wherever you're at, it's snowing, which I'm, that's kind of sad because it's sunny in California right now. But, hey, I'm happy that you're piercing through the snow and that you're here with us tuned in. And shout out to Maria. She's on that I Believe I Can Fly. I love the energy, Maria. Thank you so much. With that said, I'm so excited about today's special guest. He's one of the homies. Talked to him last year. I said, hey, look, we have to have you on the show. We have to have you talking about a little bit of what you're doing with Beyond HQ, why it matters to you, and what the future of work looks like, right? Given everything that's been going on with 2020, COVID-19, now 2021, where there's vaccinations now, we're pushing through all of that. 
And we're going to dive deep on the future of work. What does the future of the workplace look like with my boy, Mr. Madhu Shamari, who is the CEO of Beyond HQ and founder as well. And he's just a great guy, great person to talk to, really chill, super vibey. And you all are going to appreciate what we dive deep on. But I'm also going to dive deep with him on his journey as a founder and entrepreneur, what that journey is like, why it's tough as heck, right? And if you haven't cried as a founder at least once, you're not doing something right, right? And we're really just going to share what inspired him to really do what he's doing now with building Beyond HQ. So with that said, Madi, what's up, man? How's it going? Hey, Tim. Thank you for having me. Going well. I'm feeling the Monday vibes. I'm reading all the comments and uh, yeah. thankful, just like you, to not be in snow. But I got family all over the world. So some of them are in snow, some of them are in heat. So, uh, you know, thankful to be out here on the West Coast. Well, where are you tuning in and chiming in from today, Madi? I am in San Francisco, California, so uh, staring at some nice afternoon sun here. But um, yeah, 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 same, same here, man. You know, that's that's the beauty of living in Cali, man. You, it's ninety percent out of the year. It's yes, <laughs> it's, you know, somebody, a cab driver once said, you know, uh, maybe this is a common phrase I didn't know, but uh, he said, like, you know, we we live out here. Uh, everybody who lives here play, pays the uh, climate tax, the good good climate tax, you know. So uh, the cost of living out here is just everything is a little bit more expensive than some other places. But uh, you look out and you see this and you're like, all right, maybe it's worth it. Yeah, well, 100%. well tell me a little bit more about your journey moving to California. Did you move to Cali for the tech or was it just, you know, by, by just naturally you just came out here for the sun? What happened, man? Yeah, yeah. No, oh, man, I'm trying to see how far back I should go. So I actually um, moved to the Bay Area probably at this point close to 18 years ago. Wow. Um, I'm old. You can tell by the, the, the gray hair and my beard out here. But um, uh, I moved to the U.S. for grad school. So my family has been living in a bunch of countries. So I was born in India originally. And then my parents are both doctors, so work took us, work took them from India to Saudi Arabia and from oh. Saudi to Ireland, Ireland to Canada. And then uh, I ended up out here. So um, I went to school for engineering and then kind of stayed in the Bay Area, fell into the, the world of starting companies. And I just learned how to do that before venturing out on my own. And uh, yeah, before you know it, almost 20 years. Wow. So our entire family is a distributed team. That's the joke. <laughs> I love that. You, you, you've been living the future of work before you became. Yeah, since birth. <laughs> yeah, it was your family. Dude, that's amazing. You know, you're in tech. So how did your dad, you know, you, you come from a family that's not in tech. So how did you get started in tech? What, what was that kind of connection point? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I'll, um, I'll kind of give you the embarrassing version of it, which is um, I... I'm the only person in my family that didn't go into medicine, right? Like super conservative yeah. Indian family. That's like, you're either a doctor or bus. And I'm like, I can't, it's too much work. I can't do medicine. That's not me. And uh, just kind of fell into math and science and um, did that. And, and I did my undergrad in Ireland. And then uh, I was like, oh, I'm just going to go to grad school in America. Everybody says that that's where you want to land. Um, so I applied. And then I had this vision that by 28, I should be, uh, building my own company. Mm. What that meant, I didn't know what any of that actually, how it was going to manifest, but I was like, I'm going to go to the US and I was going to start a company. Mm. And then um, after grad school, I kind of worked at a boutique consulting firm for a little while. It was um, a firm started by a bunch of like uh, Harvard and Wharton professors and mm. they were looking for their first analyst as they launched their firm. And I'm like, I don't know anything about consulting. I'm a math nerd. Uh, I don't even know what this is. So I'll just join and learn from these older, wiser people. Yeah. And then that got me working at 
Microsoft and then kind of this whole technology ecosystem. And so I was like, oh, I want to stick around here and kind of just pick up through yeah. osmosis, you know, what business strategy is for tech companies, what software engineering is, et cetera, et cetera. And then I kind of fell into startups after that. And uh, it's been one after the other. It's like glutton for punishment. <laughs> oh, no, it's funny too, because I think you and I have similar uh, experiences. In fact, I, I formally did some work with Microsoft as well. And I think getting into tech, a lot of people think that people would just start off as technologists, but it's a compounding uh, interest of things. You know, some people work with Microsoft, they maybe dabble, someone introduced them that was a mentor, and you just kind of fall into it and you just yep. say, hey, this is awesome. This is cool. And people actually pay me for what I build. building. <laughs> <laughs> Totally, totally, yeah. And I think the I, I saw that kind of that rush from um, going from zero to one, right? And it's it asks a lot of you emotionally to be mm -hmm. able to start something or be part of an early stage journey. And to me, that was like a great way to drive personal growth, right? Wow. If you're in a, a company with ten thousand employees, you know you got all structure around you. You've got training camps and onboarding sessions and all these sort of things. But a startup I learned after doing this for 15 some odd years, you know, it's like there's a lot of weight on your own shoulders to grow. Yeah. Uh, and that kind of sharpens you in ways you don't expect. Right. It's kind of like boot camp in some ways of your life. At least that's that's what it's been for me. So I really appreciate that. It's kind of accelerated learning um, uh, by, by going through uh, the startup journey. So that's kind of got me hooked for one reason or another. Yeah. Well, talk to me a little bit about, you know, Beyond HQ. What inspired you to start the venture? Where are you all at now? And you know, what was the shift that happened in the market that, that led you all to, to building the, the venture, man? Yep, absolutely. Um, so it goes back a couple of years, right? Um, uh, one trend, I guess two trends really, I was sort of at the back of my mind um, throughout this process. One, having been in tech companies and having managed sort of uh, sales teams and customer success teams, et cetera. An increasing trend in the Bay Area was uh, geographically, we no longer need to be in the Bay Area to build. Mm -hmm. And even 10 years ago, I remember we had engineering teams at the startup I was in at the time in South America, in China, uh, in India, you know, Eastern Europe, et cetera. So this trend started to come to a really kind of powerful place about a couple of years ago where the Valley had already been talking about the benefits of remote work and the access to talent, et cetera. And then Amazon uh, decided to do this very public, I mean, it's sort of controversial what they ended up doing, right? But the idea that they invited various markets across North America to pitch for their business mm. kind of blew my mind, honestly, because I looked at these proposals that the city of Columbus or the city of Austin or the city of Toronto um, were putting out to invite a company like Amazon to say, hey, you should open your second office here. This is a huge wealth of talent and it's a very fertile ecosystem for growing companies. And that made me think, man, like magic doesn't just happen in the Bay Area and New York. Look at all these cities in the Midwest and the South and the Southwest and in Canada mm. uh, bidding for business from Amazon. How can we enable that kind of a market comparison process, not just for the Amazons of the world, but for every company that's scaling. Mm -hmm. say, where do I hire my next 10 engineers, right? Or where do I put my customer success office? And so I got thinking like, how are companies deciding whether it's Denver or Austin or Seattle or Bangalore or Dublin or, you know, Medellin, Colombia? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We actually have an engineer in Medellin. That's why I say that. What's the criteria? 
Right. What's the criteria? Who is the owner for this? If you really want to build a truly distributed organization, yeah. you have to have a sense of how to scale, when to scale, why to scale here versus there. So these are the questions that like the head of recruiting should be thinking about, right? Or the head of real estate needs to be thinking about, or head of HR needs to be thinking about. So that got me thinking, there's a product here that can be built that guides companies on making the right talent and real estate decisions to truly build distributed teams. That helps you kind of like uh, uh, compare markets based on talent, based on cost, based on quality of life, et cetera, et cetera. So that kind of led to us starting the company and uh, um, we are just about two years old right now. And then we primarily work with HR and real estate teams uh, for companies that are kind of a few hundred employees and up when they truly start to realize like, how do I go from a 500 person org to a 600 person org in the next like 18 months? When do I need to look for new locations? How do I decide whose feedback do I need to take internally to make sure that we're picking the right location, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So we become like the decision-making engine to scale distributed teams uh, for companies. So that's, that's kind of what we built. Dude, that's the next level, man. That's the next level. And, you know, and talk, to a little, uh, talk to us a little bit about the founding. Because you're talking right now, uh, you know, live with our community, like, oh man, it's easy, right? Like, but people, a lot of people don't know what you had to struggle to, to you know, to get to this point, even just like communicate the value of the product. That, you know, so like, you know, as a founder, you often are getting, you get, you get spat on every single day, right? Pretty much. So yeah. talk a little bit about how do you overcome that, man? Where do you get your resilience from? Yeah, I, I will say one thing, which is it's good. The, the 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 example is like getting spat on. Good thing we're in a virtual world, so even if they do that, you know, you've got a screen <laughs> versus in person meetings. But uh, kidding aside, um, I guess I'll talk about kind of what I experienced when I was launching. Right, I was a sort of a. Uh, solo founder, um, which is a little bit unusual. I have I had some, a lot of support and a lot of old um, colleagues that were that are now leaders in the tech space that guided me. But this was very much a sort of a solo journey until I found my team, the founding team, et cetera, et cetera. And I really feel I, mean, I can take up the next whatever hour, five hours on this. But I'll say one thing: being a founder, uh, a couple of things really helped me. Right. One is you have to have a different startup gurus have different words for this, but I feel like you have to have a kind of a ridiculous level of belief in what you're pursuing. Mm. Right. It's just, you know, 50 people say no and you're going to come home and you're going to want to be really upset and doubt yourself. And, but, you may be, you should be open to flexibility. Like you should be open to changing your vision or changing your tactics, but you should have this kind of, this this ridiculous belief that there's something here. I'm going to keep digging, mm. right? And then you're going to meet two types of people. At least I met two types of people, right? One type of person sees the potential and mm. holds that castle with you. Mm. Says, oh, you know what? You're saying that you're going to build this comparison site for, uh, companies to evaluate markets. Got it. That's today. I can totally see you, you know, essentially owning HR 2.0, whatever that means, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's really cool because they come to, uh, they they are willing and they're expressing that they'll want to come on the journey with you. Yeah. There's other investors where they look more not for potential, but for evidence. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, oh, what, what have you, and it's, it's totally okay, right? Different, yeah. you know, different strokes for different folks, but yeah. 
it's really interesting to see the 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 types of people you encounter mm -hmm. at an early stage. Like I was Madhu and a two-page Word document. Yeah, yeah. The capital one, right? I was like, I wrote a doc and said the future of work is going to be distributed. Mm -hmm. And here's my thesis. And this was October 2018. Yeah. Um, and then I talked to a handful of folks and it, it's tough to kind of keep the faith. You want to surround yourself with people who are realistic guides for you, but at the same time, like just, just well of optimism, mm -hmm. right? You need mm -hmm. to lose the faith very, very quickly. And uh, Beyond HQ almost died five times in the last two years. That's wild, man. Yeah. That's and, and, you know, I can, I, you know, I can go into as much detail, like for one reason or another, right? People yeah. reason, cash reason, yeah. industry reason, pandemic reason. So keeping the faith among other guidance or other lessons you can learn as a founder is just like find your tribe mm. that keep you moving forward, either through, you know, motivation or through capital or through introduction. Yeah. <laughs> And whatever to keep you afloat. And I can relate with that so hard because last year when 2019 happened, I'm sorry, when 2020 happened and COVID hit, we had to pivot our company. We had to pivot our business. But we launched two products last year. Yeah. And one of them was bringing in revenue, right? Like one of them changed the ball game for us and really allowed us to position our brand as, as our platform. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't realize that it's, it's, it's opportunities such as a COVID where you build that thickness, you build that resilience. Yeah. Uh, you build that thick skin and you know as a, I, you know i can relate with your journey so much man because dude i've gotten crapped on so many times in our journey but this one's like it's life right because you just keep pushing because you have yeah. that unshakable belief and conviction and you know and for me i believe in this idea of creative capital right right conscious capitalism meaning that if you're doing something that benefits humanity keep doing it right yeah. like no matter who doesn't believe in you or who doesn't put a check in if you know that the exponential effect is going to be positive, a win-win-win, not only for the business but for humanity, and then shareholders, keep building, man. Totally, absolutely right. And and one other thing that I'll say, you made me think of this, which is um, something that's also underrated is the ability you need to have to be flexible when you're pursuing your vision, right? Because there's ten different directions to get at that vision. Mm. Whatever product version you thought you might be building might need to change as a result of feedback from customers or from partners or the industry or what have you. And a lot of people, and I think psychologically, humans are not very comfortable with change yeah, because we look for certainty, right? We want roof on our head. We want to make sure we're secure, like just mm -hmm. really, really primal stuff. So uh, in order to maintain that belief, like something's there, you should also have this this ability or aptitude for flexibility because otherwise you're just going to be stuck in but this is the only path to success i can't change my product the customer is wrong i'm not wrong that's a problem right mm. so just flexibility and being able to adapt to market forces and feedback and whatever whatever and it's art not a science right you don't mm. know when the right thing you take in is but for me at least like i've gone through it a few times and you get better at like you know, shifting and learning and adapting without losing sight of where you're going. Um, I think th that those are, especially with what happened in 2020 and like fundamentally the mechanics of so many industries have changed, mm. right? And so how did you, I hope for people listening and for everybody we come across, uh, they've come out stronger because if you withstood what happened in the last year, man, you probably picked up a, a whole 
four-year undergraduate degree worth of classes <laughs> in, in, in life uh, over the last year. So hmm. I'll stop there. Like, happy to touch on specific attributes of the founder journey, but I just think that faith and um, the ability to maneuver and change direction are both equally important. And sometimes they're at odds with each other. If I believe that this is the right thing, why do you ask me to change? Well, hmm. they are kind of counterintuitive, but they're all equally necessary. Mm, that's so true, man. So true. So let me ask you, Manu, who have been some of the people that have been inspirations for yourself doing for you during your journey that kind of maybe not with capital, but just with inspiration kept you afloat? Oh, man. In terms of like you like specific people, specific. Yeah. Ideas. yeah um, you know, it's interesting. Uh, it probably cliched a little bit, but I am a huge fan of um, uh, old school hip hop. Oh, what's up, man? I love it. <laughs> the conversation can go in a whole different direction now. But one of the things I think about, right? You, you look at, you listen to, you listen to, um, like the early records of uh, Jay Z, mm -hmm. and he talks about how entrepreneurial he is to get out of his social circumstances and uh, and you know build his own label and 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 kind mm -hmm. of you know uh, get out the hood someday. I think is one of one of his uh, uh, lines. So. I listened to a lot of that, right? Mm -hmm. Ben Horowitz wrote a book. He wrote a lot of things, but like hard thing about hard things. And he's well known for his love for hip hop. And it sounds silly, but like there's tons of lessons in some of these artists for modern day entrepreneurs. Yeah. Like stop reading half the blogs you're reading. Go out <laughs> blueprint one, blueprint two, blueprint three. Yeah. And come back wiser and stronger than half these marketing blogs that you read about starting a company. And my, you know, I love that so much because I quote a lot of rap lyrics, even from just like relevant artists today, 21 Savage. And there's some artists that I love, Drake being one of them. And I always quote artists because they speak a lot of wisdom. You know, yeah. some of it comes with expletives sometimes, so we have to blurt that right. out. But there's a lot of wisdom in how they move, think about business, think about building network effects. Yes. Teams, like yeah. their bosses, like distribution <laughs> strategies. Uh, there's so many things, right? There's so um, many things, man. I just think uh, yeah, it's really valuable. The other thing I'll say, which is also unsexy advice, mm. I believe, which is um, real change, right, uh, happens really slowly, mm. right? Overnight success takes 10 years is what people keep saying, right? Uh, um, that's another thing is I have to remind myself that, like, to me personally, uh, my, my, I have a little bit of, like, uh, everything needs to happen yesterday mindset. Right? Like, just let's get on it. Like, let's get everything done. But, you know, patience at the right time uh, really helps you not totally kind of burn out. So I would seek out material about companies that have truly withstood the test of time and see what they've done. Mm. Right. Not the companies that like go up today and are gone tomorrow kind of thing. There are overnight sensations that are truly overnight. But mm. you look at like, I'll give you some examples. Right. I look at companies like Salesforce or Workday or, um, uh, you know, Microsoft's like just resurgence over the last uh, 10 years or so. There's lots of examples of how you can patiently scale uh, staying true to your kind of goal. So I would seek out material that involves like, what is the ugly underbelly of entrepreneurship? Mm. What are the things that you want to forget the, 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 what do you call it? The, the hustle porn, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, great. Yeah. All that's great. But um, how do you push yourself through the really icky, nasty times? 
Mm. Those are saying, no, you're running out of money. Your team's losing vision. You're losing faith. What do you read then? Yeah. Uh, pull yourself together, right? And um, I wish I had a, a list of resources. I'll pull them up and share it with you in case. Yeah. No, you we can always build upon this episode um, and add some of your resources and links to the comments. You can even add it um, after this. Um, oh, I do that. And I, I think, but I love that you're saying this, Matt, because I'm always adamant with young founders that I'm working with, or if I even invest in a founder, I'm always telling them like, look, dude, do not expect a quick win. And you shouldn't, yeah. it's your journey. You know, everyone's journey is different. And one of the things that really saddens me sometimes is that too many founders read blogs about what they think entre entrepreneurship yeah. is versus actually experiencing it and just building a god darn product and releasing the product and asking their customers, what should I do next? Yes. Right? They often think they, they look for validation from shareholders and investors. Right. And they, they, any investor is fundamentally a customer, right? Yeah. Investors buy companies, invest in companies because they believe that the world, if not their firm, can use this product at scale. Yep. So your investors validate you're validating you as a customer, but you know, listen to it, but understand you probably have a million other customers to reach and they want you to reach and they want to work with you on that. But a lot of um entrepreneurs, I think they get so quick, like they, they get so quick on, oh my God, how do I raise so fast? Yep. Because I think that's my customer. Like the capital, the capital, yeah, yeah. which is which is which is understandable, right? Like I, I understand a little bit. Like you know, it's cool to you know, it, it's certainly no joke to be able to you know convince somebody else. Yeah, no reason to be nice to you. Yeah, <laughs> hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? It's 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 no joke. Yeah, Silicon Valley is this weird world, um, a weird part of the world where like people talk about hundred k, two hundred k, five hundred k as monopoly money, but like. It's 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 weird. Exactly. The world is not what Silicon Valley looks like. You don't need me to say that, but um, yeah, like everything. So that reminds me of another thing, which is: Are you building something that customers are willing to use and pay for? Mm. All that matters, right? <laughs> That's all that matters, bro. <laughs> Funding, TechCrunch mentions your player following. None of that is all that's window dressing. Like it really does not matter. Yeah. Have you talked to somebody who said, of all of the busy things I have to do today, I'm going to take 18 minutes out of my day and listen to your yakking away and say, yep, that's cool. I'll give you $9.99 for it. Fantastic. <laughs> do 7,000 more of those. <laughs> you know, uh, focus is a is a thing. One of our investors is Roy Bahad from Bloomberg Beta. He's awesome. Roy's yeah. awesome. So Roy has a blog post that says, lies we tell ourselves about focus. <laughs> and he beats up all the common theories that people come up with saying, well, we're going to try two products because, you know, we don't know which one's going to be the right one. Or we're going to talk to this person and this person. We really think we should put more on marketing. He's like, deny, deny, deny. All of these are mm. lies we tell ourselves about focus. Focus is this. And everything else here is not focus. Mm. Right. So that's mm. also really important. And I think uh, to, to, to mention a uh, uh, one of the other uh, rap quotes that I like is real G's move in silence like lasagna. <laughs> Speak on it, man. Why do you say that? What's that? Why do you say that? Because, because you know, you've got a lot of work. Put your heads down and work, right? Don't be distracted by the, the, uh, the, the, the flair of entrepreneurship, right? It's not meant to be glamorous. Mm. It's hard to change the inertia around the world 
to get you to do what you want. Like it's hard to convince people to use your product. It's hard. So celebrate in the true wins, not in the, you know, false wins of like, hey, I got some money or hey, I got some press. Those yeah. are very, very fleeting. They're not gonna save you, you know, in in the in the in the role of pitching a a great company, right? Or or building a great company. It's so, and it's definitely debt. <laughs> I think a lot. I often have to talk to founders of like, bro, you know, fundraising is like actually debt, right? You have to at least get a return by oh, making yeah. money, right? From on the front end with your customers. So yeah. just be mindful of that as you fundraise and build an amazing company. Because one of the things I think people get when people are pragmatic, you can be pragmatic about fundraising and still successful about building a business. Of course, Absolutely. you know, it's a, you know, a, a venture capitalist doesn't want you to just raise money. They want you to actually build something that's sustainable. That's right. And, That's right. You know, first time founders don't often get that, but you know, experienced founders do uh, who are builders. And I think I love that you educate people on that, Madhu. It's really yeah. powerful. Go ahead. Yeah, no, sorry. I was gonna say I agreed, right? That that um I think to to not fall for the pitfalls of like, hey, somebody wants to to you know charge me fifty thousand dollars for a marketing report. And maybe that'll get us press. But I haven't really talked to, to customers yet. I just yeah. uh, want to go pay for this. But, you know, there's lots of really um, easy pitfalls to watch out for. And I think be really honest with yourself about what is it that you're trying to do here, right? And what does focus look like? What does success look like? So metrics is another idea generally to, to track. And people are uncomfortable with metrics a lot of times. So, um, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's important to... Keep that in mind and, and be honest with yourself and be very data driven in what you're doing. Uh, all of these are kind of things that for me are more obvious second time around versus first time around. Right? First time yeah. around, caught up in this like, I'm a founder, I'm a CEO, it's cool. And um, the other value I'll say is get mentors around you that can keep you honest, right? Yeah. That, that's another thing. It's like if people say your idea is bad, Maybe listen to them more because there's something in there that's driving them. So take note of that. Don't take it personally and then ingest and move forward. So these little tips that um, that are worth paying attention to of the kind of the non-glamorous side of entrepreneurship, which is what's really important. Dang, man. That's so powerful, man. Manu, thanks so much for coming. Shout out to my homie, Jonathan Martinez, who's showing us my love. What's up, bro? future of work. Thanks so much, Jonathan, for joining us today, man. We really appreciate you and your time, man. Madhu, where can the people follow you in the journey that you're in, in the vision that you're building with Beyond HQ? And also, are you all hiring? Because there's some people in our community who I'm sure are looking for a job with a remote first company, man. Yeah, absolutely. We are. Uh, we, we, we're on LinkedIn, Beyond HQ. So we are just starting to to launch, we, we confidentially, maybe I'll announce it here that we we're just closing on a nice new round of fundraising. So, yeah. You heard it here first, folks, on guideline. You heard it, you heard it here first, absolutely. Nobody else knows. But yeah, so go to our LinkedIn page, please, Beyond HQ, just search for it on LinkedIn. And then uh, I am uh, uh, on Twitter, just you can look for my name and uh, Mr. Medici, but uh, yeah, happy to connect with anybody. If wants any sort of suggestions, ideas, brainstorming, guidance, intros, open to all of the above. So thank you so much for having me. This is great. And hopefully this was interesting for folks that joined. Oh, no, I think it's definitely interesting, man. And, you know, thank you so much for joining us. And we definitely have to have you back on in like the next six to nine months. Hear about the progress that Beyond HQ is making, you know, the, you know, the, the, the back, the back end story of the fundraising journey. Yeah, <laughs> All right, man. Talk soon, my friend. Absolutely. Thank you so much. <laughs>
And shout out to Madhu, who just joined us here on God Live BDB Jam Sessions. Thanks, y'all. Thanks, y'all, for, for tuning in. There was definitely some technical hiccups, which often tends to happen with technology. But some of you all are still paying attention, which is awesome. With that said, make sure you sign up for the guy waitlist. And in addition, get you some tea. Big Mike Tea is blowing up. And today, in honor of, as we all know, in honor of Black History Month, February, it's a start. It's, it's February. It's the, it's the first day in February. It's Black History Month. We're doing a sale. We're doing a sale. Abundance. Use the discount code Abundance on BigBlackTea.com. Check us out. Show us some love. Real talk. Get you a free bag of tea for your family, for yourself, for your sisters, for your sorority sisters, your fraternity brothers, no matter what, right? Show us some love wherever you're at. And more importantly, celebrate this historic month. I mean, we lost a lot of legends last year from Kobe Bryant to John Lewis, Mr. Good Trouble. And, you know, and we recently lost another legend in Cicely Tyson, which is super sad. You know, let's play, um, pay homage and respects to those who are in, uh, uh, who are living, who are who were living legends, and there's so much to push push the culture for forward, um, and uh, you know are no longer with us. You know, so happy Black History Month um, to all my people, um, our community team guide. Get you some free free tea at BigBlackTea.com. Serve your customers, serve your community, show love, and shout out to my homie William Cunningham. I'm going there now. BBT. Shout out to William, man. William is a huge Seahawks fan. <laughs> is it the Seahawks, William? I, I hope I remember. He's a huge the Oakland Raiders. I think is it. Are you a Raiders fan, William? I, I forget if it's the Seahawks or the Raiders, man. You love either one of those companies. I'm sorry, not companies. Uh, um, um, play uh the teams. William, let us know which team you you are rooting for this NFL season, man. Let us know in the comments because you probably have some uh, uh uh some fellow fans in the audience and in the in the community right now. With that said, y'all, get you some Raiders. Yeah, it was the, it's the Raiders, man. Huge Oakland Raiders fan. Even though he doesn't live in Oakland, he, he's in Seattle. But, hey, Oakland is here and beyond. Shout out to William. Shout out to Mr. Cunningham. A great friend. A great friend and great leader. So make sure you check out what Mr. Cunningham is doing in his work. Check out his LinkedIn profile. With that said, also sign up for our wait list. We keep on building. You know, we're growing and getting better every single day. Today, today is day one <laughs> at Guy, always. And our platform is your platform. So show us some love, sign up for our waitlist, or tell your friend to tell a friend to get on our waitlist. With that said, last announcement, if you are interested in being on the show or know someone else that should be on Guy Live B2B Jam Session, we are blowing up with guest requests. I have podcast studios, podcast booking agencies reaching out to us, interested in having us put on more people who are doing amazing work on the show. So Guy Live B2B Jam Session is one of the hottest B2B-focused, future-of-work-focused podcast series in the planet. We're getting so much love. But once again, we always give a direct shout-out to our community. If you think you know someone that deserves to be on our show because they're doing amazing work, I answer all of our emails for the show. So if they're awesome and you validate them and you're a member and you're a listener, we're probably going to have them on in the next few months. Seriously. We are being booked. Left to front, front to back, left to right. And we would love to highlight you if you're that person or if you know someone that is building an amazing platform or leading an amazing movement. Because our platform is your platform and our movement is your movement. 
Let's build together. With that said, thank y'all so much. Keep showing us love online. Keep getting free tea and keep, keep, keep being strong. Happy Black History Month, y'all. But I'm not going to leave y'all cold because we have some sweet tunes from the team, the Smoothication Experience team. They showed us mad love, created a playlist just for us, literally just for us because of our new product, Big Black Tea. I'm going to play it for you all. I think you all might appreciate it. This is Understand by Ben Mackin. Shout out to